0: You are listening to The Alien Chronicles.
1: I want to sit in my mom's lap right now.
0: It's what makes us different. <laughs> I went on every single door until someone told me yes. Well, I'd have to have it at least one book. Every human has like a similar core. Get out there and meet as many people as
1: I can. Growing up, I was fascinated by Statue of Liberty. To me, and I'm sure to many others across the globe, it symbolized so many things like democracy, inclusion, and above all, promise for a better future. So when I moved to U.S., I thought, hmm, I would be welcomed into American society with open arms. What I did not realize, however, was that the post-9-11 America was so different from what I had envisioned as a child. It was a lot more guarded and paranoid space. Over the years, I've had incidents which I could define as somewhat racist, but I have lucked out in terms of not facing something too traumatic. However, since 2016 elections, I find myself more vulnerable and at times downright scared. As a human rights activist, I have fought for so many causes that urge to make a difference. This has led me on this journey to explore my and others' experiences as immigrants in a nation that is somehow becoming more hostile and reserved towards immigrants. The concept of the other is so much more prevalent in our society today than before. I guess it makes sense in some weird way. As humans, we like to protect our own or people similar to us. We feel the need to prioritize ourselves and others like us over the likes of people who are different from us. This is especially true in times of social and economic adversity, but I want to dig deeper into the root causes for this us versus them approach, and hence I have decided to embark on this path to self-discovery that I would like you to join me every week when I bring in a new guest. Oh, and a disclaimer, the name The Alien Chronicles is my attempt to show the absurdity of the term. How can you call me an alien if the only difference between you and I is the time we set foot in this country? My name is Sadia and I welcome you to the first episode of The Alien Chronicles which starts now. To welcome our guest for today's episode of the Alien Chronicles, she is a young artist from Brooklyn. On her Instagram profile, she defines herself as someone who has large appreciation for faces found on humans, creatures, and animals, and she is an immigrant without an accent. So let's jump right into it. Hi, Sahar. Hi, Sadia. How are you? I'm good. So, how did you end up in
0: the U.S.? So I moved to the U.S. when I was probably around seven years old. We moved to L.A. from I was born in Dubai and then I lived in Oman and then I moved to L.A. and then I moved to New York. And it was because my dad was working. So it kind of just happened with that. And then I've been here, been in New York for about 18 years now.
1: Wow. That's a long time. And you don't have an accent, right? (laughs) Because normally when people think about immigrants, they think about them as having some kind of an accent. Like I have an accent (laughs) and you don't. Does that make things easier or harder? I think, it was,
0: I think people just didn't realize that I wasn't from here. I went to American school my whole life, so I just always kind of had an American accent. I guess I never thought of it any other way. <laughs>
1: and, and it's interesting you yeah. say it's American accent yeah. because I think for people living here, you don't have an accent, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's so interesting. So how old were you when you came here? I was seven. That was around what? Like That two? was uh, ooh, 98, 97 or 98. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when you came, you came right like a few years before 9-11. Yeah. And then you've lived here mostly post 9-11 mm-hmm. America. How was it like for you, especially in school growing up as a Muslim and as, as someone whose parents are originally from Pakistan?
0: Yeah, so I remember, like, my parents used to joke all the time, like, I think the first day of school in New York, I came home and I asked my mom when I was going to be American, and she was like, look (laughs) at yourself in the mirror, like, you're not going to be American. And I think it's so interesting then, like, the conversations we were having versus now with, like, everything obviously going on in the world. But I think that was third grade, and then 9-11 happened when I was in fourth grade, living in New York. My dad used to, my dad worked in the city, and most of our parents um, in my elementary school worked in the city. So it happened. And I think nobody really realized what happened. And I think the first moment where I felt different, like I felt like maybe I was not like the other kids in my class, was in fourth grade. I was playing basketball on the playground with a bunch of the boys (laughs) because I was a huge tomboy and ended up like my hair was in my face and I ended up falling over and pulling this guy down with me by accident And he gets up and he just kind of looks down at me and he's like, you're a clumsy terrorist. Oh, wow. And I remember it being, like, I just was hit with shock. Like, I didn't really understand what it meant, but I knew it wasn't a good thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but isn't it strange though, because you were in fourth grade and the kid was in fourth grade. And yet he could say something so vicious to you. Um, Both of you were kids, but he somehow had like, this this thing in his mind where he looked at you a certain way. Yeah. And I think most people who either come from Pakistan or who have parents from Pakistan do face those kinds of stereotypes. Do you think it has gotten worse now with the kind of climate that we have?
0: So what I think is really interesting is the way that I was kind of raised to react to things like that. So... When in that situation, I think I was really lucky because I grew up in the Northeast. It's very liberal. People are very open-minded. So the entire school was behind me and they were like, you know, this kid doesn't know what he's saying. Yeah. He needs to understand like the depth of what he what he's saying. He probably doesn't even know what he mean- it means. He's yeah. probably just heard it somewhere. So I think that was comfort. And then I think the other things that, you know, I kind of faced growing older, my, my parents would always say, you know, people don't come from a place they don't always come from a place of hatred. A lot of the times it comes from a place of just not being exposed to something or, you know, ignorance is really, I think it's more of a harsher word. Yeah. So I think like for me, what what they always said was, when people say that, your job is to explain and show them that that's actually not true. Like that's not the reality of what we're like. That's not where we're from. We're honestly, just like everyone else. And it's just a matter of like teaching people that like,
1: I like the same things you like. Like I mean, this this is true, especially your accent. I'm so obsessed with your accent because I'm like, I wish I had one. So people would stop asking me where I'm from because they ask me all the time.
0: I I still don't look like I'm from here. So people still ask me that. And I'm like, I'm from New York. They're like, no, but where are you really from? Yes.
1: Yeah. That's that's something that I have um, been asked a lot. So your family is originally from Pakistan, as we said this earlier. What was the culture like at home? So people would think that you're from Pakistan, so you would dress up a certain way. I look at you and you you look like like as American as can be. So how was it growing up, like culturally speaking?
0: Yeah, so I think we, again, we... I, we grew up like in international schools, international communities everywhere we lived. So we always wore like jeans and T-shirts and that was just yeah. the way that we grew up. We, I think the difference maybe is like we spoke, you know, Urdu in the house and also English. I probably spoke more English than Urdu. <laughs> I grew up going to Pakistan every summer because my parents were insistent that I know my roots. So I used to hate going, but in hindsight, I'm like, it was probably one of the best things that yeah. could have happened for me just to understand the things that I love about it and the things that I feel like I'm very different from. Like, I think that's the reality.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and so basically you're reconciling, like, two cultures. It's like, you know, and I think that happens to kids, like, because you Mm -hmm. grew up here, essentially. And that happens to so many kids. I've lived here for over a decade. And like, and I came here when I was in my, like, 20s. So Mm -hmm. it is different. You have to, you know, uh, strike that balance. So to that point... Do you feel comfortable when you go out and speak Urdu now versus, say, when you were a kid or growing up? Because again, the environment it's scary, right? And yeah, it's polarizing. Scary, yeah. So what do you think? Like, Yeah, I think for me,
0: I guess Urdu has kind of faded out as I've gotten older. I don't know if I'm, I don't feel scared, which is a weird thing. Like for me, I almost feel, and I say this to my friends all the time, and I think it's kind of getting through, but I was like, this climate and the things that are happening right now are probably the best thing that could have happened for a generation. Because if, you know, in the political sense, if Hillary had won, we would have been complacent and we wouldn't have made as much of a progress to actually be accepting towards those people who were, you know, kind of othered. So I feel like the thing that I've really loved is like these marches, these protests, all this stuff would not have happened in any world where Hillary was the president. So while there is a lot of negative, I think you need something like that to push people to get out of their seats and be like, okay, now I actually need to make an impact.
1: So I, I mean, full disclosure, I am scared. And this is what happened to me right after elections because Mm -hmm. I was just like out and about with my husband and we were talking, normally we switch back and forth from English to Urdu and then again English. Mm -hmm. And we were standing in a line at post office and he said something in Urdu. Mm -hmm. And people looked at us differently. I felt they did. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was in my mind or what. And I asked him not to talk to me in Urdu, which is crazy because, yeah. you know what, I think that like diversity or being multilingual or bilingual is should be a strength. Mm-hmm. But in today's environment, in the US especially, like it's like you have to speak English and you have to act a certain way to be accepted into the society, which is so crazy. So anyways... Has your idea of home changed since you moved to U.S.? And was it different? What is home to you? Is it U.S., Pakistan, Dubai? What is home? The cheesy
0: answer would be wherever, like, my people are, like, where my friends and my family are. But New York is home for me. Like, I think that is where all of my... Like, I went to college here. I went to elementary, middle school, and high school here. So I think New York has really been home. I think for me, like, going through college, I home was kind of figuring out what my identity was. And yeah. I think like strug- like kind of struggling with this idea that like my extended family who my mom is one of six and they all yeah. live in Pakistan. And yeah. so we were really the only ones that were living in New York while I was growing up. And be like, oh, she thinks she's American. Like, she she doesn't understand that she's actually not from there. And I'm like, but I am from here. Yes. (laughs) And so I think that was the thing that I had a really hard time. And I think college was one of, you know, the four best years of my life because I started studying religion and started understanding, like, okay, the media is saying this about Islam, but this is how I grew up with it. And this is what the religion actually stands for. And these are the things I really love about it. And these are the things that I don't really relate to as much. And I... Like, I came to the idea that, like, home and identity, everything is an agent of change. And what's difficult for me, and I think one of the biggest things I learned in those classes, was the idea that Islam and religion were never meant to be a legislative system. Right. They are always meant to be a set of values that help you live your life. And the best way to live your life is by valuing the things around you and the people around you.
1: Absolutely. That, yeah. that makes so much sense. Yeah. And that's, again, so now my next question is yeah. relevant to what you just said there are a lot of stereotypes around religion and spirituality. And I think I've had this experience. And, let, and tell me if, mm-hmm. if you've had those situations where if somebody asks you whether you're religious or not, again, you have to pause and think. Mm-hmm. Because if you say, I am, then they have this perception of who you are then. Maybe mm-hmm. somebody who is more like confined mm-hmm. to their house. She's like, I don't know, oppressed somehow mm-hmm. or, or backward. And if you say I'm not, then you are in a way lying because religion, as you said, is not about rituals, it's mm-hmm. spirituality as well. And that's how I approach religion rather than focusing on rituals and all. So, did you have like those kinds of discussions with your friends yeah. or people in general? I think, like, when I was first starting to meet people when I moved to the city and moved to Brooklyn, like, I think a lot of
0: people would ask, like, where are you from? Like, yeah. where? And I would, my answer is always, I think in the beginning of college, I didn't know how to answer it because I'd be like, well, do you mean like where my parents are from or do you mean where I'm from? And then eventually I would get to, like, I was like, oh, my parents are Pakistani, but I'm from New York. Like, I grew up yeah. here, is usually how I respond to that because I know what they're getting at. So yeah. I like, I might as well just give you the answer I'm looking for. It short (laughs) um and people used to ask they're like oh okay so you're muslim like are you religious and i was like i actually don't like saying i'm religious because the concept of a religious muslim is a woman in a hijab who prays five times a day who is in quotes oppressed which i also hate the idea of thinking that anybody who wears a hijab is oppressed right it's part of your people's identities I mean, that's just not for me, and I live my life in a very, like, American way, yeah. and like, I'm around—it's just very different, but, like, I've always felt close to religion. I've always felt close to spirituality because the way that I see that is, you know, the way my parents raised me with it was, like, being grateful for things yeah. and, like, thanking God. That was always the context. It was never about, like, repenting for your sins yeah. or, like, apologizing, per se. It was always about, like, being grateful for the things you have again and— And I still feel that spirituality, like when I'm having a bad day, it might not always be like, you know, result in praying, but it'll always be like, I'm so lucky. Like the amount of things that I have at my age that I can do independently, but the people that I have, like there's just so much to be grateful about that it's like you should just spread that rather than, you know, try...
1: (laughs) Absolutely. So as I mentioned in in the intro, you Mm -hmm. are an artist. Mm -hmm. And I was, um, as I was telling you, I was stalking your Mm -hmm. Instagram and your Twitter and everything. So... I think and and correct me if i'm wrong yes. i think you display your art at s stamp is is that correct yeah, so it's ss, SS, yeah, SS and stamp ss stamp and i was just looking at your artwork and it's so interesting and it's mm. so compelling does it like what are you trying to capture through it like, yeah
0: so i think what's interesting is so for the past couple of years i work in corporate america so it's very <laughs> different from like
1: what I I think expected so need- going so you're a smart millennial <laughs> you're like you you have your backup plan that's 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 great
0: yeah but I think the thing that I learned from there which is where the art stemmed and I, I think art is one outlet like I sometimes I kind of consider myself a creative more broadly than yeah. an artist specifically um, but. I think through work, I realized that like this is something that I these things are things that I've always loved. So things like music, things like painting, things like writing, etc. I've always kind of been a part of me, but I never felt like value and like an understanding of what I was capable of until right. I was in the workforce and I was seeing results very concretely of the things that I was doing. Right, And then eventually I moved into roles that from a creative lens were not as fulfilling. And so I was right. like, I need an outlet. And yes. so ultimately that's how stamps started. And then music, I think was probably, I think music is more emotive for me because it involves writing. And so it's more personal also. So I like yeah. write, so I haven't shared that stuff so that wouldn't be on social media, but it's like very reflective of like a feeling and it can be like whether it's the notes or the words or whatever it may be I think with art it's more for me it's honestly more the process and again like I love people and I think a big part of what I draw is like faces and bodies and it just is like a reflection of humans that I've met across my life and features and expressions which I feel like very reflective
1: so with your music like is Mm -hmm. it again is it if I listened to your music would I would I hear any Pakistani instruments or is it like all American? It's fair. It's pretty... I'm not that talented enough to be able to play that
0: many instruments. I play the keyboard and I just impulse bought a guitar last week. So I'm not learning how to play the guitar. But singing has always been... I think, something that I loved and I never really, like, unlocked for myself until around three, two or three years ago. Oh. Because, like, I was always too shy. And there was, like, one of my friends who I used to sing with all the time and she was like, you know, you're actually not bad. Like, you keep doing this. (laughs) And then I was like, okay. And so I've kind of gone in. So it's not, like, from a tonality and, like, a sound standpoint, it's not... Pakistani or fusion okay. but I think like things that I write definitely talk about like identity and like the things yeah. you go through which is something like I like R&B music I like like pop music and rock music something I love about hip-hop and I think I think hip-hop and rap actually are like the modern day yeah. like what Woodstock and rock used to be because yeah. they're so rooted in like identity and yeah. like issues and political matters and it's so deep and it's poetic now
1: Isn't it strange though, because I think like we've heard the stories again, like in 60s and 70s, what was happening. I mean, it was like, it was reflected in music Mm -hmm. and it was reflected in art. And I think we are seeing that again, which is crazy, right? Mm -hmm. Because I mean, I didn't remember, I wasn't born in 60s. So I don't like, I, I don't remember that. But when I see it now, and especially for you guys, it's like, you probably were born much later than that, but still like yeah. it's, it's happening again. So for artists like you, mm-hmm. it gives you guys an opportunity to be more expressive, mm-hmm. right? Since we, I, I promise that we will talk on this podcast about fashion, culture yeah. and all. Are there any, and I know you're foodie too. So are there any Pakistani restaurants in New York? Because when we talk about New York, we cannot not talk about yeah. food that you like or you go to frequently because... You know our listeners may be interested if i if i listened to your music would i would i here any that's a
0: good so since my family's in Westchester I feel like if I'm eating Pakistani food I just leave the city and go to mom yeah yeah that makes sense I know but I'm like I know like where I used to go I also weirdly growing up so I went through this whole thing where I was like I'm not brown like I'm <laughs> like white and like that's who I am and I don't like Pakistani food and I don't like any. like when I was growing up my mom my mom like used to I think she actually accepted it but I used to literally my biggest fear was smelling like Pakistani food yes. when I go to school So I literally, when they were cooking, it was before our house was renovated, so our exhaust was, like, not very strong. (laughs) (laughs) And so I would literally, like, she would be cooking, I would put, like, a big jacket on, and I would, like, run into the garage, throw the jacket off, and then run into my friend's car if I was leaving, so that I would
1: (laughs) Sahar, it makes so much sense because you've seen my kitchen. It's white, right? And it was like obviously designed by an yeah. architect who has no idea yeah. about Pakistani food. So true. So, and he was mm-hmm. somehow, I, I like, sometimes I think it was like, okay, anyways. But he was able to convince me that white is okay yeah. in kitchen because he didn't know again about Pakistani food. Yeah. And I regret it every it's single so day. Yeah. It's not just smells yes yeah, it stains it yeah. stains and stuff right yeah. but so, I think well what I think
0: is funny now is like now that I'm older I like love it it's well, you completely do. different so now ah. I'm like I go home and I look forward to it and I write because the thing the place I can think of are like holes in the wall like Kebab King and like Jackson yeah. Heights and like Handi on it's on like Lexington and
1: 20 have you been to what's it called BK Johnny no, I haven't. Oh my god! Oh, I, you think, you I think should. my parents actually told me about it. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god! You I should. You, you really should. Be yeah. Best Pakistani Bush, like food. Yeah. 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 Best Pakistani food, hands down. Oh, really good. If I were to ask you to describe America in one word, Ooh. what would it be? Oh, that's a tricky one. One <laughs> word. Okay, you can just use a sentence. Okay. Well, I
0: mean, because <laughs> the thing is, like, I would go towards like representative. In the sense that it's very representational of, I don't like the word diverse. I feel like diversity is like an, it's almost like something you have to like strive towards. But yeah. Representation is like, it just shows that there's people from everywhere.
1: Yeah. Almost.
0: I think like America, it's like what it was versus what it is. It's also, I think that's why I'm having a hard time. Because yeah. now it's like super divisive and people aren't really seeing eye to eye. But I think representative is still is a good word for it because it's like it kind of shows that there's all types of people in the world and you kind of find them all in
1: the U.S. So I have another question for you yeah. because you must have heard this term like melting pot, right? Yeah. I have my reservations with yeah. that word and I don't agree with it anymore. Like yeah. I used to. Do you think America should be called a melting pot? And I'll tell you why, yeah. but I want you to tell me why why or why not. I don't know. I feel like it's it just doesn't feel as relevant anymore. Because now there's just,
0: I don't know, I remember actually reading something about the terminology around melting pot and how, but I can't remember what it is. But I know it's like one of those things that it just, it was relevant when the term came about, when New York was kind of like buzzing and they had, you know, these new cultures. But I think now that there's like... There were still like Western cultures, like yeah. I think like immigrants were like Italians and Irish yeah. and like the British who were tech not technically immigrants because they started this country, but, or like yeah. So I think one that was, I think it was maybe representative then, but I think now since people feel so different if yeah. they're not within those kind of Western cultures, it just doesn't feel right. Nice and it. yeah,
1: and to me, it's like when we say melting pot, mm-hmm. then we're saying that everybody should be the same. Mm-hmm. To me, then then you're losing your uniqueness, right? So yeah, you're mixing it all together, right? So why would I not be unique and be American at the same time, right? That's the question that everybody should be asking. So true. Uh, Okay, so if there was one thing you could change about America, it's, again, it's our country, we love it, but what is one thing that if you could, you would just change and you would be like, you know, this is the thing. My answer to that has always been like
0: education and exposure, yeah,
1: but it's not that's like... That's a good one. Yes. Yeah. Because i that's, again,
0: like from yes. what I was saying earlier, it's so much about just like meeting people and being like, oh, we like the same things. Yeah. <laughs> like my favorite, I don't know if you've watched The Night Of... On HBO, I, I did. Yes. So one of like my favorite scenes from that show is when not the year the guy who played not as the main character, is like literally sitting. It's in the first episode. He's sitting at dinner with his family, and they're talking about the Knicks game. Yeah. And you can tell that they're like a Pakistani Muslim family living yeah. in New York, but they're literally just talking about the Knicks game. Yeah. And I was like, "That's what it's like when you're in a normal person's house, which is yes. any
1: other person's house."
0: Yes. And I was like, "It's so small," but I was like, "Yeah, that's exactly what it would happen at dinner. Be like, how that was work? That's... How was the.'"
1: It's so true because yeah. there, there have been times when I've met people and, and they have this, again, perception of yeah. Pakistan, right? It's a desert. Yeah. That's their perception. It's in Middle East, yeah. which is so wrong, yeah. people. It's yeah. not. Yeah. It's it's in South Asia, please. Yeah. it's It was part of India. Yeah. The other day I was talking to someone and I was like, it was part of India and the person was really surprised. Yeah. Or it's like it doesn't have cities. Yeah. And again, it boils down to not knowing much. Actually, I don't know if you watched Queer Eye recently. <laughs> I haven't. No. I think so, I should. I would. I, I was yeah.
0: Well, what I love about Queer Eye, which I think is, it's honestly the way to show people like different lifestyles. Yeah. Granted, like the people they have on there are so open and so accepting. Yeah. But it's like showing these people that you would think would be so against like this group of five gay men coming yeah. to give them a makeover. And they get so emotionally attached to them yeah. because they're like, you're changing my life. You have a heart and you're a person. And I think it's literally just about making people human. And I think Van Jones kind of tried to do it with the CNN, but it's just too political. But it's literally about like getting like a person from the Midwest and getting like some person of color from like the Northeast or the West Coast and having them literally have coffee together. And that's, I think those are like those little, which is so much harder to do, but it's like those grassroots things that are like, oh, we have so much in common. I love my family so much. And so do you. I go to church, I go to the mosque. Like there's those types of things that I think are actually so common that people just feel like because they've never met somebody from there they yeah. don't really understand it. Yeah. And when you sit together, like you're going to have a conversation with anybody you meet like at an airport or like something yes. like the same yeah. thing. Yeah.
1: But I think people do that. Like yeah. to be like fair, I yeah. think Pakistani Americans yeah. like myself, we do that too. We live in these silos. Yeah, so true. I, if I look at myself, I should meet more people. Yeah. I should go out and I think... This podcast is for me an attempt to explore I love um, New York yeah. and different cultures and mm-hmm. and talk to people on very human basic level and, and get to know more immigrants like yeah. me. Right. Exactly. So I think it goes both ways because mm-hmm. I think we all live in our silos and don't realize that. Well, I think it's also and I think about this a lot now.
0: Just because, again, I talk about the fact that, like, growing up, I felt this, like, need to conform without realizing that I felt this need to conform. I just, like, didn't want to be the other. And I think as I've gotten older, being different has been the thing that I love the most about my identity. And I think it's also, like, with my friends, like, we have these, like, really meaningful conversations about, like, well, this is what my experience has been. Not just as a Pakistani Muslim American, but also, like, as a woman, a woman in the workplace. And they're again, they're such universal things and everybody kind of has a story that relates to it. Or like the big thing that I always used to say to my friends growing up, I was like, you can literally ask me the most offensive question and I will <laughs> not be offended by it. Just because I'm like, I would rather you ask me than like yeah. you respond to it and like to somebody in a negative way because you just didn't
1: understand. You know, I, when you say that, yeah. I, I'm so proud of you <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like yeah. I wish I could do that. Yeah. It just... I feel like at times it just is hurtful to, yeah. to, to listen to offensive stuff, yeah. which we do a lot yeah. nowadays. But that's the best approach. Yeah. But it's so- kind of for me, I'm like, if we're not, if we don't answer it who else will who and will. somebody else will yeah. and and they may give an answer that may yeah. not be
0: true and for me I was like I don't even know all the answers like what am I I'm like I was with one of my a friend of a friend who I'm not that close to grew up in she grew up in Jersey again like in a very like kind of white not very diverse area similar to where I grew up yeah. <laughs> um, but she was like this is going to be such a dumb question but like why don't you wear a hijab and I was like Honestly, like Pakistanis don't really wear they hijabs. Don't. Like I was like, that's a good question though, because like I don't think there's some countries where it's mandated, but it's also a very big part of some people's identities, and they because they you know they have this option when they get older. It's not a universal sign of oppression, but there are places where it is forced. So it's like it's such like a it's not a black and white thing. It's, it is it should right? be a choice, but there are times when it's not, and there's times when there are when
1: it is. Absolutely. And yeah. as you said, like those yeah. who wear hijab yeah. out of their own like We're free will and stuff, their, then yeah. that it's different. But if we mm-hmm. don't, that doesn't make us less of who we are. 100%. And again, as you you said, it's so like, right? Because I, when I was growing up, I don't remember seeing many yeah. women yeah. wearing hijabs. So it was never me, a question in my family. I saw more <laughs> women wearing hijab in, in the US. Yeah. Again, we are not trying to discount that mm-hmm. at all. We yeah. are just trying to set the record straight by saying that Muslim women should be identified. They have different dimensions. Mm. And that's how they should be looked at. Somebody, like, and again, there are 1.2 billion Muslims in the world. Mm -hmm. You have Muslims in Turkey and Bosnia and Indonesia. Indonesia, And they wear completely different attires. So it's like, we shouldn't be stereotyping Mm -hmm. them. That is important. Not that we disagree with those who do. It's their choice.
0: But that's a great point. Yeah, and I think something that's interesting, which... I know I was telling you earlier that I'm yeah. working on writing this TV show, which will kind of address yeah. a, a lot of these things from it's like a Ooh, romantic exciting! Oh up, my so. God, I won't do <laughs> I know, hopefully there will be more to come, but one of the things that I've been thinking about during it, writing it, it's about three girls. One of them is, she's a Pakistani Muslim American who's basically grown up here. Okay. Um, and then the other two girls are her best friends that she grew up with and she lives with them, etc. And I think the, like we're using... Not using, but like the character that is based loosely on me is probably something that I'm, I think people are really excited about because you haven't, you've seen like a few stories about like Muslim men. Yeah. You haven't really seen like a modern Muslim girl. And right. And like, like a like a relationship with something, like a yes. romantic comedy, like yes. that sense of it. And the thing that I thought was really interesting when I was getting into writing, because I've always really written, but I've never gone into script writing. So yeah. it's pretty new for me, but... What I thought was really cool was, like, I was reading this book. I think it's called Story by Robert McKee. And he was talking about, like, you can't go into, again, you can't go into stereotypes of people because that's what people don't relate to. What you have to realize is, like, write about the experience because likely that experience and those, like, nuances is is, is relatable no matter what color you are, no matter where you're from. And so that's the exciting thing about, again, about now is, like, the fact that diversity is so or, like, representation is so important within film, and TV, because there's a million stories to tell. There have been a million stories about white people. There have been, like, a handful of stories about black people. But, like, nothing will <laughs>
1: happen. There
0: have been maybe, like, three stories about brown people you
1: know what, in Hollywood. Like, we need people like you. Yeah. If, if we don't tell our own stories, yeah. nobody else will. Because, as you said, how many people in media look like you? Yeah.
0: No, it's true. And, I think, and the thing is, I think what's been amazing about, I think... again, I, I kind of, the Black culture is so different in the U.S., but I do, I feel there's a lot of things within it with, like, the story and the conversation that's going on that I kind of, I relate to in some senses. And one of them was, I remember when Obama was president, big conversation was, like, Black kids now are watching TV and being, like, wow, I could yeah. be the president one day. And I think that's like the important thing about representation is that you see these mm. people who look like you and it's mm. like Sandra Oh at like the Emmys this year. Mm. The, she's literally been in Hollywood for like 20 years <laughs> and like just one Emmy. Yeah. And they're like, and like Asian kids now are like, wow, I could do this. Like this is realistic for me now. And like, I think Aquafina was the other one from Crazy Rich Asians. And like, it's just these conversations where like, there's so many stories to be told and there will always be a million stories to be told. And the fact that there's so many different colors and faces and backgrounds that are doing it is like showing you that like, yeah, everybody is actually defying the stereotype. You're just seeing this like tiny, like 0.05% <laughs> of, of one culture and then you're judging like the entire culture based on this small thing that the news is focusing
1: on. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, like yeah. we we are either, like women, or, like Muslim women, are are shown as oppressed. Yeah. So we have this like niche that we no, that we true. have, yeah. and then men are shown as terrorists. So, <laughs> it's so true. So, but by the way, so elections are coming. Up. Yeah. We have to talk elections. Like yeah. we can't be on an immigrant show and not talk about politics. Yeah. Right. I hope you're voting Of right? course I vote. Okay, yeah. Are registered. Yes. registered? Is Okay, good. So yeah. you guys are like, are you guys volunteering? So is it we're, like- we're not,
0: I mean, I'm not actively, I know my mom is actually part of this thing called Sauce, which oh, is yeah. the sisterhood of Salam Shalom, which makes me so happy because I grew up in such a Jewish neighborhood and I feel like Jews and Muslims are literally the same have different religions. Yeah. And so there's this group of women and they're very actively trying to make sure people are registered, making sure people like know their candidates and doing all that. So I haven't been super involved but I think what's interesting I actually watched something about by Trevor Noah he did a skit recently with this like he had like a young correspondent who went into like the reason why young people aren't voting and it's literally just because of the archaic system of voting which is like paper ballots and like you need to go in person and people are like if you Postmates me my ballot like yeah I will totally
1: vote and I was like that's so
0: true by Um, the way that's true for I
1: like I I, now I've started voting like even in small elections like local elections because I feel it's so important I didn't do that earlier which I should have yeah I didn't either Um, but you're right it's like when you go there and you'll just feel that whatever it's confusing and then (laughs) you get confused and then there's like ah it's rejected you have to do it again and I'm like oh my god I can't spend like 15 minutes doing this no it's so Um, true but it is important
0: no it's so important and I think it's like I think people again like I think the best thing about the Trump presidency is the fact that people are They feel strong emotions. And like, that's the only thing that makes change. And so that's why I have a very like, again, I'm like a hopeless optimist. So I'm like, like, I actually think like, again, Obama was like 20 steps forward. Trump is like 10 steps, probably like a few steps (laughs) back. But I also think like once, whenever he's out, it's inspiring this like generation of people we never even would have had. Like in office, and I think whoever is going to come after that, it's going to be you know a force to be reckoned with, which reckoned with, which is I think what's really exciting for me. I'm like, this is I always say to myself, like even in life when I'm upset about something, I'm like, this is literally like a speck of dust in time. This is a small thing. Yeah, there are things that he's doing that might affect the rest of our lives, <laughs> but but there will be people who will actively try to change it, and I feel like everything always works out. Yeah, <laughs> as, as me reassuring myself.
1: You know, it's so much fun, fun to, better, to talk yeah. to you about. So many different yeah. things, and I'm having so much fun, but I think we have to end it at some point. Yes. But before we do that, and before I let you go, I want to do this like rapid fire round with you, okay. and we'll see if we can, you know, get to know you even more. Yeah. So, what's the best piece of advice you ever received? well I always bring back, which I think
0: very well ties into this, is growing up when my brother and me used to fight. My dad would always say, you have to understand that there's habits and behaviors you can change, but you can't change someone's nature and you have to learn to accept the people around you. Oh, wow. And that's- so it was at that time, just to make me and ins- my brother stop fighting, but like it literally is the most relevant. piece oh my of advice. Yeah. That, that's a good
1: one. That's yeah. a good one. So your idea of vacation.
0: Ooh. I like all types of, like I love exploring. I love being around art and culture. Like I went on a vacation to Paris in January, which is one of the best trips I've yeah. ever been on with one of my best girlfriends. And we did a lot of writing and we did a lot of exploring. Yeah. But also I don't hate a beach.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Who's the last person you texted? I think my dad, actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Insta or Twitter? Instagram. Netflix or TV? Netflix. Favorite emoji. Probably
0: I think the right now it's the girl who has like her hands out like <laughs> <Yes>! <laughs> I don't know. She's like shrugging. Puppies <laughs> or kittens? Puppies. Oh, you like puppies? Oh my god. i yeah. I like baby animals. I just don't like cats. Like, I like <laughs> a kitten.
1: I just don't like it with a girl. Pie or cake? Pie. Hmm. Pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Really? Oh my <laughs> god why i like <laughs> the little pockets oh <laughs> chai or coffee coffee really <laughs> oh my god you're so <laughs> i would have thought you were so I, I think
0: it's like i feel like i have all of it but like i have like i need a lot of caffeine and like tea just doesn't get me there oh like i drink both okay
1: <laughs> kusa or ballet shoes honestly neither really yeah so khussa for listeners it's like Pakistani ballet or yeah. shoe, right? So it's kind like of a big fat. They are uncomfortable. They're a little right? yeah. 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 Pulau or pasta? Oh, pulau. Pulau, right? Yeah, I'll Right? That. right? Yeah. That's that's a good one. <laughs> and mitai or dessert? Like any other dessert. Like, ugh, I don't know, pie or something? The only like mitai I liked was the diamond. I used
0: to call it the diamond mitai. It Ooh. was the one that was in the shape. It was white and it was in the shape of a diamond.
1: <laughs> oh, and by the way, it's th- that's not even Pakistani. <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> I remember that was like the one thing I loved. <laughs> I, I know that because yeah. every time I am at your place, you're always <laughs> that. Mom the one we <laughs> <serves> that? <laughs> I love dates. Conjures, like. Kujurs, yeah. yeah. That's one thing yeah. that I love. I love dates yeah. too, which are like with the pistachios in them. That's my favorite yeah. one. So before we end, I want to ask you one last question. Mm-hmm. If there is any misconception that you could change about immigrants, whether it's Pakistani immigrants or Muslim immigrants or immigrants in general, what would it be? I think the idea
0: that they're different. It's like nobody, I feel like everyone is ultimately, every human has like a similar core. And I think the idea is like immigrants are not like others. Like everybody at the end of the day cares about family. They care about the people around them and their friends, some kind of faith and spirituality or values of some sort. And I feel like that's like, just realize that everybody actually at the core has very similar perspectives. It's just a matter of like, Breaking through that
1: thank you so much sahar this was so good and thank you for being on this podcast and also thank you for being the first guest (laughs) on my very first podcast (laughs) so much of course i'm so excited And I would also like to thank the listeners for joining us today. And please subscribe to our podcast. We need your support to sustain it. Also, if you have a story to share or any new ideas, please contact us at thealienchronicles at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at Aliens Chronicle. And you can find us on Instagram at The Alien Chronicle. Please stay tuned for our next episode when we will bring to you another immigrant story. And in the meantime, stay connected.